Thanks for listening to Raceru Radio. Before we get into today's podcast, I just want to take a moment to remind you about Raceru Fitness, our fitness side of things. We've got personal training, we've got custom built plans, we've got pre built plans. So, what are your goals? You tell me right now. You want to build some strength? You want to put on some muscle? Maybe you just want to cut some body fat. Or maybe you're looking to do an obstacle course race for the first time or the hundredth time and you're just looking for a plan that's going to make you a little bit more efficient. We've got a lot of plans for a lot of people because we know everyone is a little different. They have individual goals and we feel it's best to meet you where you're at. So if you're ready to start your fitness journey or continue your fitness journey, we uh, would like to hear from you. So find us on Facebook, Instagram, or racerroofitness.com. Send us a message, give us a call, and we'll be ready to uh, get the plan built to get you in the direction you want to go. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the show. How's glamping going for you? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't call it glamping, but hey, you know, it's a... Uh... A week off from work, so that's all that matters to me. Well, I mean, let's just be real. You're in your camper, and, you know, last week I was actually in a tent, albeit on my porch, but, you know. Uh, yeah, on your, on your porch, yeah. You can just step <laughs> inside. Right I'm out, dude. I'm out here in the wilderness, okay? Okay. <laughs> so, hey, Jordan, you know what time it is? 9.45. It's Christmas time, bud. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, yeah. Um, not when it's this hot. Well, yes, it is, because that means it's Shark Week. Well, it's almost Shark Week. We're getting there. Well, Shark yeah. Fest going on. Nat, Nat Geo yeah. has been uh, bringing the game beforehand. Yeah, the only thing that uh, I have a bone to pick with Nat Geo is it's always when sharks attack. <laughs> you know, this is true, and it's all. What made the shark attack? Was it this thing? No, it was not this thing. <laughs> what made them attack? Was it this thing? No, it was not this thing. It's Literally every 30, 45 minutes of that, and then, oh, it was this thing. Okay, cool. You could have just told me that a half hour ago. Yeah. Literally everything, every show this week that started at 8 o'clock has been when sharks attack. Well, I think that they've been starting it at 10. No, 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 no. Starting at 10. No, 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 no. That was just on the Sunday. Every new episode has started at 8 o'clock. Uh, so okay. you've been missing a couple episodes. I got you. Well, I haven't been able to watch any of the episodes, being honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to binge watch them on, uh, on Amazon. Well, I guess I've been, uh, then I guess I have been glamping because uh, we had the TV set up outside by the fire pit uh, <laughs> watching uh, Shark Fest for at least the three hours we were sitting out there. That's, so That's pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, other than that, like yesterday, we were, we went ghost hunting, see what we could uh, get there. I haven't had a chance to review any of my evidence, but last time we did that uh, same house, I got a, a EVP, which is uh, electric voice phenomenon. Um, so I'm kind of anxious to hear that. But me, mom, dad, Miranda went and did that, and then we did a Gettysburg tour today. And man, I forgot how much I love the Battle of Gettysburg and Sweet. just the history yeah. behind it. Oh, yeah. dude, it's awesome. Yeah, we did a we did a bus tour today, and man, I'm just again, I'm sitting here riding around for two hours on this bus, just 
like, oh yeah, I remember that, or oh, that's something new. I don't remember that. So it was it was awesome to do. It's just it's just great being in Gettysburg. Yeah. So uh, another thing that you're interested in, and I'm I'm bringing this up while uh because I was watching the episode he was in. Uh, have you gone and seen Thor? I have not yet. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this. I didn't want to get on the Thor subject because I haven't gone and seen it either. But the the episode was on that he was on Shark Week. I think it was last year. Yeah. There's 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 absolutely no way that he built that much muscle naturally for this movie if that if the Shark Week episode was last year. It's not possible. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, dude is a, I, I'm I'm not saying he doesn't work for it, but he's got to be doing us a, a little something, something. Listen, I don't know what Dwayne the Rock Johnson does, but these guys will be tiny and they will build up in less than a month. So, yeah, with anabolics, anabolic steroids. Yeah, so, I, I don't hey. know if it's I don't know if it's technically steroids, but there's something going on. I I think it's technically yes. I think it it is. <laughs> but anyway, hey, to your credit, um, I just turned on the because I was watching some of the uh, the old stuff. I just turned on that Geo and and wouldn't you know it, when sharks attack. Yeah, it's it's on above my head, so I already knew it was when sharks attack. It's when sharks attack at eight and nine, and then they have a different episode at ten. It's uh, something about um, oh, I can't remember what it is, but it's oh the. Uh, Shark of Thrones or something like that. So you know how that's going to go. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a an episode pretty much completely dedicated to sharks. We said we were going to do that last year, and we definitely missed the ball. Yeah, it just, it yeah, we definitely happen. did. We talked about it here and there, but we never, we never really got around to it, and we never got around to uh, to talking about um, how we felt about last year's Shark Week and everything. So. We're gonna do that this year. We're gonna we're gonna uh, cover that because we have opinions on on sharks and aquatic life, as as we've mentioned many times. So we're gonna we're gonna hash that out. But um, we've got some racing to get to today. We've got uh, another episode of Fit Tips. So we're gonna start there. Unless Jordan, you have something to pitch in on this open segment. Um. Not very much, except for uh, normally when uh, Nat Geo brings it out that. Sharks attack. Just make sure you watch the whole episode because normally it's just humans being dumb humans. So just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we can go right into the fit tip. Um, um, fit tip number one is uh, don't swim across the channel at night. <laughs> this, yes, this is true. That that was one of the episodes of when sharks attack, and they got attacked by a cookie cutter. And oh god. Well, Yes, it was. Um, there was three people, I guess, attacked in the same channel. They were trying to figure out why the cookie cutter shark was coming up. But I mean, that episode was it was pretty good. But needless to say, when you're swimming in the water where the algae turns like lights up, which everybody loves to see, when you try and do a 26 mile or 26 mile swim starting at 5:30 at night, yeah. And make it across the channel, you have to expect some sort of sharks being in the area. And, well, they got attacked, just not by the one they expected. I, I'm not going to lie. Cookie cutter sharks scare me. I mean, I know that they're pretty, they're fairly rare. But that kind of attack scares me worse than just about any of them. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. 
Like, you know, oh my god, just the perfect, just the cut, like, whew, it's gone. Oh, yeah. see, like, if if they hit the way they've been hitting normally, normally they hit people is usually in their stomachs. Yeah, as long as they hit me there, they take a couple inches of fat off me. I'm cool with that. <laughs> but uh, the the main sharks I'm more worried about is is your bull shark. Uh, that's, yeah, I, that's I, the I would, one that I would, I, I would not want to get attacked by a bull shark. And and the other one I was talking to to mom about today is the oceanic white tip, just because they don't encounter humans a lot, but when they do, they uh, well, they're very, they're oceanic. Yes, they're pelagic. They're, they're pelagic. They're they're offshore. Yes, and, and, and when they run they, into people, then like they're opportunistic feeders. That if they see a meal, it doesn't matter what it is. It's not that they're attacking humans, but right. Oh, hey, something there to eat. Like that's that's they're in a desert, so they got to do what they can. Right. But that's so, that's pretty much all I have for the open segment is don't swim across a dark channel at night and and expect not well, something not to be there. Well, I like the I like the don't do this uh thing because I wanted to cover some gym etiquette um in in this week's fit tip because uh I've I've kind of noticed this especially uh personally in the last few weeks. So we're, we're going to go over some uh, gym, uh, gym don'ts, if you will. So, number one, be mindful of the squat rack or any piece of equipment that you're using. Now, we've told you on here to use, you know, do strength training and have long rest periods, and that's all good. But under no circumstance should you tie up a machine, tie up a piece of equipment, for 15 20 minutes i mean like your your cardio machines i get it like you, you jump on and you go like you can't share those in the moment and there's a hundred of them at most gyms so it's not a big deal but like your squat racks some gyms only have one or two you know your your machines a lot of times they only have one there's there might be one that's similar does something li- like very similar but not exactly the same so don't jump on a piece of equipment and hog it for 15, 20 minutes. Um, sit on it while you're resting without giving somebody, I mean, you can, but give somebody else the opportunity to work in and use it, especially if it's a machine. Like I, I understand a little bit. Some people's deal with uh, like a, a bench press where you got to unload and reload to allow somebody to work in. But on a machine where you can just select the weight, come on, just let somebody jump in. Let them get their set in. Just work in with people. Be understanding of other people. It's it's not that hard, and uh, it's just very inconsiderate to to tie up a machine like that just because. So yeah, that's, you're you're not ahead. at the gym by yourself. You know, what I mean, everybody else is there. They're all in, all trying to be in the gym. I don't want to say hurry through the gym, but a lot of times people have stuff they want to do with their life after the gym so you know a lot of people don't want to be there for three hours mm-hmm. you know three four hours they want to get in and a lot of people normally have about an hour to an hour and a half to work out so definitely be mindful definitely let people work in it, it's gym etiquette i mean you don't want to stand there and look at someone who's taken 20 minutes on a machine don't do the same thing to anybody else along with that number two especially if you're just in like a normal wellness center, a normal weight area, 
Um, not like the new functional fitness areas that are in a lot of, of gyms. Don't tie up multiple machines and spread yourself out throughout the, the gym and, and block other people from using pieces of equipment. If you're going to use multiple things, that's fine. But make sure that you're being understanding again. Let, let other people work in and around you. Don't block other people from getting a workout because, well, you're using the pec deck, but you're also using the chest press machine and you don't, you want to tie them both up while you're resting and working on the other one. It's not fair, you know, and even if you're on free weights, it's okay to, to do two movements, but don't spread yourself out to the point where you're taking up an egregious amount of space and blocking other people from getting to their weights or getting to a bench and, and working again, it's just, it's just common etiquette to, allow the space for other people's allow the equipment for other people so you can get your workout. And so can they. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've been there before where you have multiple people in the same machine and you're just like, Oh, I wish they would hurry up. Yeah. But you know, like if you just really, if you just ask them to kind of work in, a lot of people, and I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people will definitely allow you to work in because they're they're there doing the same thing. Now, yeah. I know, you know, if you're like a bodybuilder or something like that, or, you know, gym is life, you might see it differently. But a lot of us are, I don't want to say average Joe Schmoes, but that's what we are. You know, we're, we're Joe Schmoes. I'm saying s'mores because uh, we're uh, camping. But um, yeah, a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us are just like that. And, you know, we should have a positive attitude about it and be able to work in with you guys all at the same time. So, you know, I, that's pretty much where I'll leave it. Cause I don't want to go like, you shouldn't be on seven machines. That's why I used to be confused yeah. about you when you would send me a workout and you'd be like, Oh, you got to do this and you got to do this. You got to do this. And, and you got to do it within 10 minutes. And I'm like, uh, it takes me like, six minutes on, on, you know, the bench press, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know how you're jumping from all these machines with nobody at the gym, but well, you, you know, no, number one with me, I don't use a lot of machines, but even so like you, you always get that one guy who's on the bench press. He's using two dumbbells over in this section. He's using the BOSU for some weird reason. And then he's also running on the treadmill like, which, okay, fine. Hey, that's fine. But again, when you're not utilizing the bench press, let somebody else work in. It's, it's just, it, it, that kind of workout is, is not conducive of the normal quote unquote gym. Um, again, the, a lot of gyms now have that functional fitness area and that's where you can utilize that. You can go over to that area. You can um, kind of get all your equipment near you and just work in your own little confined area. So, um, plan ahead on that and, and be courteous of the other people around you. So that's, that's those two kind of ran hand in hand. Um, the next one I want to get to is this should be a no brainer after all the crap we went through the last couple of years, wipe down your equipment. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not going to lie. I am not going to lie here. I am a sweaty dude. Okay. hundred percent. I know, I get it, all right? But I've had it myself where I've gone to lay down on the bench 
you know, I grab, I grab my dumbbells and I go to lay down on the bench and even I go, ew, because the dude before me, I didn't see, didn't wipe off his nasty sweat. It's not cool, man. It's, it's not even a, it's not even like a COVID alert kind of thing. It's just gross. I, I don't mind my sweat, but I don't want to be in other people's sweat. So wipe up your equipment. It's just be sanitary. And as a matter of fact, when, when we closed all the gyms down, uh, studies started to show that gyms were one of the cl- the cleanlier places because most people do have the common sense to wipe up their sweat and wipe up their equipment when they're done. But you get plenty of people who are just like, mm, whatever, throw it back. No, don't be that guy. Care, just I don't care if you carry a towel around with you, spray it one good time, get it nice and soppy, and then just carry it around with you and wipe each time you're done. That's better than nothing. I'll take that. Yeah, but the worst one is when they use their own sweaty towel and they spray oh it. Oh, my God. They, they wipe it with the sweaty towel they're using. I mean. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> so you I, can shoot it in, but, you know, at least I don't feel it when I lay down. I'll give you that. But, yeah, but even still, I mean, that that should be that should be a no-brainer. I mean, I, I know I've seen it. And don't do the like, oh, I got a little piece of paper towel. I spray it once and I wipe this machine, that machine, that machine, that machine. Don't do it that way. Make sure you have a good one every time. Yeah. I, I don't even know why this should even be said, but it has to be. It has to be. And that's the point. So uh, now we're going to go to another one. And this is this is good. I know what everyone's first thought is when I say this, but it's not. And this is clothing in the gym. So. <laughs> you mean to tell me Speedos are unacceptable? Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, I'm going to get to one thing in a minute um, about the locker rooms. But look, if you're a woman, wear what's comfortable. I, I really don't have much gripe to say about women, okay? Being totally honest. But for guys, just... You always have the one guy in there. Like I, I'm a guy that like I wear a a tank top in the gym that has cut sleeves that really doesn't you know the the back is pretty much exposed the the chest there's a lot of it's exposed but I still wear a shirt. Don't be one of those guys in a main main commercial gym a YMCA a Gold's Gym a Anytime Fitness. Don't go in there with the just taking off your shirt. Unless it's, you know, it's, it's okay by like CrossFit gyms. That is what like one of the things they're very well known for. Fine. But in a main gym, it's not, it's, it's against the rules. So don't do it. So that's that's the guys thing. Um, But for the love of God, like you said on the speedos thing, wear shorts or pants. I have been to the gym lately, and there's this guy that literally wears the um, like the Under Armour boxer jocks while he's boxing. <laughs> it's just don't be that guy, man. <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't yeah, don't. At least, I mean, at least wear a singlet. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna be like wear. More, and especially the guys boxing, wear Muay Thai shorts. I don't like that's fine. Shorty shorts don't bother me, but man, you're wearing something like you might as well be wearing a Speedo and just exposing off everything. Com- compression so, shorts are not shorts, it's not. No, it doesn't count. 
women, I give women a pass because it's if that's what you're comfortable with, that's what you're comfortable with. I don't think you should wear it to the gym if you're not comfortable in it. Like, I, I don't think that you should, like, it, there, I don't have any clothing standards for women in the gym personally. I don't care what they're what they're wearing. Just be wear something that's comfortable, uh, and 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 I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but for I'm more against the guys like showing up in the super tight pants and nothing else. Like you're wearing underwear to the gym. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yeah. So and then the guys who um, that take off their shirts and just flex in the mirror. Now, if you're a bodybuilder, okay. I get it, especially if you're at a, a gym where bodybuilding is a big thing and you're getting ready for competitions and you're working on lat spreads and you're working on your poses. Okay, I give you that a little bit. As long as the gym is okay with that kind of that thing, you're, the rules are okay with that. But I've walked through in my gym and seen people in the group exercise area, teenagers taking their shirts off and just like flexing in the mirror. You know, and I'm I laugh. I'm not entirely against that, though, because a lot of people do it to show like show progression in what they're doing. They're doing it for the gram. Well, yeah, but if you're showing progression, I'm I'm not judging. I'm not judging you on your progression, whatever. Just it's not it's against the rules. So don't do it. They don't want you to do that in there. Don't do it. Yeah, if it's against the rules, yeah, don't do it. So again, again. Jim, that's cool with it. Yeah, go for it. That's fine. Go ahead and take your pictures. I'm going to laugh at you just a little bit, especially if you're in that, you know, 18 to 19 year old bracket. Now, if you're trying to show progression or you're showing yourself progression, comparing yourself, I- I'm not laughing at that. But I laugh at the 18, 19, 20 year olds that are like, oh, look how jacked I am. And you just look at them like, one, no, you're not. Number two, wait until you're in your 30s and, and show me you're jacked again. Wait until you know, your metabolism been, slows down, and then let's see again. Then I'm. I've been, I've been waiting for the day that we talked about this. Have you ever heard of the guy? He's on TikTok. They call him Joey Swole. Joey Swole, yeah. This yeah. he's one of my inspirations for this. This, and I actually really like his content. Yes, I love his content, and I was mm-hmm. waiting for the day to to bring him up because, like, I love the content he puts out, and I love the stuff he talks about, and, I mean. I, I wish I could look like that too, because I mean he is swole, but um, <laughs> yeah, like the the stuff he puts out is about proper gym etiquette and how to help people and how to not bully people and make sure that people at the gym, you know, have encouragement behind them because we know how it could be an ugly place if that's not there. And I mean, it takes a lot for some people to come out and work out at the gym just because of stereotypes they might fit into so yeah I've, i was waiting for the day we were talking about this so i could bring him up well wh- while we're while we're bringing him up um we'll move on to the next one and just on that note don't be judgmental of people like i know i just said i'm judging the 18 19 20 year olds like flexing <laughs> off in the in the mirror just wow, that lasted trying long. To, like posting on the instagram like oh look how swole i am but that is that is kind of an isolated incident just because I think it's funny because it's like, you know, when you're that old, you don't know. But it's like, just just wait. Just wait. You're still pumping on high metabolism. Just wait. Show me something in 10 years. But, yeah, you get you'll get these people in the gym and you'll see it. You see the 
things on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, you see people recording other people and saying, look at this goober over here. Don't be that person. Don't be that person that's making fun of people that are coming to the gym. You don't know how hard it was for them to just show up. Don't be yes. making fun of people on the moves that they're doing because you may not know what their fitness plan is. You don't know what their goals are. And while you're laughing and saying, wow, that looks really dumb, they might be right on point for what they're, they're trying to achieve. So and, and if don't they can, be judging if, other people like that. If they can stay consistent at it, wait till you see yeah. them in a year. Yeah. Because you're going to be blown away and you're going to be like, wow, I used to make fun of that guy and you're going to feel like an idiot. Yeah. So, so don't, don't be judged in general. Don't be judgmental of people in the gym. It's, you don't know. Point blank. You don't know what you don't know. That's it. You don't know what you don't know. So just assume that maybe you don't know what that person is trying to accomplish. Yeah. So next point. Uh, and again, I've had this, I've seen this lately quite a bit. Um, you know, they make these great things called headphones. They make corded ones for less than $10 and they make, uh, wireless ones for like, you can get them on Amazon for like 20 bucks. They're not expensive. Don't go in the gym and be blaring your music. Now, if, if you have a section of the gym yourself, I understand. I do this too. Like I'm by myself in the functional fitness center at my gym. I might put something on my phone and listen to it while I'm working out. But the minute somebody comes in, I'm going to turn that off. I'm going to put headphones in or whatever. It's because whatever you're listening to, that might not be what that person wants to listen to. And it's very inconsiderate to just play, play your music blaring loud while this person's trying to get their work done. You know, put, just put some headphones in. There's music provided in the gym and you can listen to that if you don't want to put headphones in. But otherwise, keep your music to yourself. Keep your podcast to yourself. Wh what, whatever it may be. Um, just, again, consider, be considerate. Yeah, I agree on that. Um, I've never had... I've never not had headphones. I've always had headphones in when I worked out. So um, I don't want people to, to judge my music and what pumps me up. So I don't want to... I don't want to do the same to somebody else who thinks the music I'm listening to is stupid and it, it keeps them from getting, you know, in their zone. Yeah. I mean, and everyone's different. Some people might be getting high up on Slipknot and some people might be rocking out to Coco Melon. You never know. Okay. Everyone's yeah. a little different. <laughs> don't, don't Listen. judge us parents about, about what we're listening to. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes JJ gets us hyped. Okay. Listen, baby sharks where it's at. There you go. <laughs> All right. And then I, I want to say so a couple uh, more points. Um, and this, this goes back to the women in the gym. Just uh, where we were saying earlier, just don't be judgmental of people in the gym. Don't be judging them on what they're doing in the gym. Guys, do not go up to – under no circumstance, unless you absolutely are really – and even then, probably not are really tight with a female, don't go up and try to correct them on their form. Don't go up and try to correct them on their, on their routine, their fitness moves that they're doing. Don't try to tell them what they should be doing. 
Because A, they might already know what they're doing. Right back to that. They might know what they're doing. They might have a plan that they trust that they're trying to accomplish. They might have a trainer that they're working with. They might have done their research. And they might know more than you. Don't be the gym bro that goes up to the females and tells them, hey, you should be doing this. Hey, you should be doing that. You should be eating like this. You should be doing this move. Oh, hey, like spot. I can sometimes give you or sometimes not. But make sure you don't just go up and spot somebody and without their permission first. You know, get them before they're doing their set. Hey, do you need to spot? Yes, no. Cool. Either way. And, and go from there. That's a, that's a big thing in my book is be very courteous of men. Be be very courteous of the women in the gym. It got it has to go both ways, but I think it mostly sways to the the men trying to be men trying to be men in the gym. So just don't do that. Leave the women alone. Let them do their thing. And if they want your help, they'll ask. But don't give unsolicited advice without without permission. Well, I mean. Well, it depends on how you're going about it. Um, it's all about demeanor and it's all about how you're asking or helping. Um, because, I mean, regardless of, of how it is, if, I, if I'm doing an exercise and I look over and I see a woman or even a guy, for instance, trying to do curls and their form is just not correct, I'm going to go over to them and I'm going to politely say, you know, Hey, what workout are you, are, you, are you doing? And find out what's going on now. Obviously, I'm not going to hit them in the middle of a set, um, in the middle of a rep. I'm going to wait till they're done the set that they're doing, and then I'm going to go over and I'm going to ask them, you know, what they're trying to do or what they're what they're doing, um, what they're targeting to find out the information from them because the last thing I want them to do is do improper form and end up with an injury. Now, obviously, if they're working with some other trainer. And that's the way they were told to do it. You know, hey, it is what it is. And I'll be like, you know, hey, I just wanted to make sure that you were good on what you were doing. Don't want to see you get injured and I'll be on my way. You know, it's all about demeanor. It's all about the way you ask something, the way you approach someone. Um, if you're sitting there staring at a girl because she's doing squats and what I mean, staring at her, like obviously yeah. from behind because she's doing squats. And then you go over to her and you're like, you know, hey, the way you're doing the squats, I don't think is right. I'd really like to see you do it. That's you know what I mean. That there's no room for that. Um, that's that's not proper gym etiquette. But you know, if you happen to go over there and you see she's locking her knees, you know what I mean. Obviously, don't be staring at her. But you see she's locking her knees, and you know that could cause injury. You probably and I would want to. I would do it. I would go over and say, hey, you know. I don't know what form you were taught, but just an FYI, you don't want to lock your knees because it could cause serious injury and explain to her why. Um, again, it's all about how you approach and it's all about the etiquette that you, you do it with. Um, and I would do the same for uh, uh, another guy. If he's sitting there and he's locking his knees while he's doing squats, like, Hey man, I, I don't know who taught you to do this, but, that could cause serious injury and explain to them why. And, you know, they might be like, uh, you know, get out of here. And, you know, you know, Hey, my bad. I was just trying to help you out, you know, have a nice day and, and be gone. And then, you know, when you see that person, not to, not to approach them again, but 
um, there's ways to do it and there's ways to not do it. Um, just make sure, like, like you said, I, I don't want to be the person who's not helping someone with form or if, you know, a girl is doing bench pressing, I'm, I'm not going to not allow her to have a spot. You know, I'll, I'll ask her, Hey, you need a spot? Nope. Cool. Um, it's just being, it's just being, yeah. you know, friendly at the gym. It, you don't have to sit there and be like, Oh, I looked across the gym and it looked like you needed a spotter. No, if you're right there, you know, like, Hey, you need a spot for that. No. Okay, cool. Just wanted to double check. But I mean, you know, it, and I know it. we always keep an eye on people who look like they're doing heavy sets because the last thing you want is for someone to be trying to do a personal best. And they're like, no, I don't need a spot. And they get halfway up and they get stuck. Yeah. And you know where that bar is going to go. So uh, again, there's certain ways to do it. There's certain ways to ask there's, you know, you don't have to be a creeper from across the gym. Um, If they're in your area and you see their form is a little messed up, you know, talk to them about it. Like I said, I'm not going to automatically go and correct them because maybe the way they are doing it is the way that their trainer told them to do it. Um, There's always different versions of how to do different things. So unless you really know what you're talking about, make sure you know what you're talking about, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's I mean, and that's the problem is a lot of people go and just like they just go and give the unsolicited advice and and they may not know what this person's trying to accomplish but i mean yeah if if you're really that concerned um my tip on that now if if you're a personal trainer or whatever it might be a little different but you're still you're not the one working there so in that case i would i would approach a trainer i would approach a gym floor person and say hey i just noticed this i was just concerned but you know, maybe, you know, you're, you're the trainer here. Maybe, uh, you can take an eye, keep an eye on this person. And if you're really, if you're really in agreement with me, maybe just like say something, try to correct the form. Cause that's a person who's a, they're working and B they, they, there might be more trust there than over a stranger. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I, get that, what you, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, not, everywhere you're going to know who the trainers are in the gym and not everywhere is the the people who are working at the gym going to be people that know stuff about that um and that's fair but that that then what i'm like my point to that would be even even so it's really not your responsibility to correct that person now if if someone's needs us is trying to do a bench press or a, a squat without a a spot and I'm kind of concerned about it. I might keep an eye about it and I might stay kind of in the vicinity and just kind of like glancing out of the corner of my eye. And the minute that person, I see that person start to falter, I'm going to start kind of easing myself over there. And then when I really start to see him like, like, Oh shit, like this is not going to be good. Then I'm going to come over there and just like start paying attention, like being like really like they're like, you good. You good. Let me know. Let me know. Give me, give me an eye. Like just blink your eye if you need it. But, you know, I'm not going to just it, like what, what I'm talking about is you'll see guys just run across the gym, even even when this girl hasn't no there's no inclination that she's going to fail the set. They just run over there and like, oh, I got you. Like and, and then, you know, they just kind of put the junk right in front of the face. You yeah, know, that, I, that's that's what I'm saying is, is we don't want to we just don't do that. Yeah. Not cool. again. Again, it's going to go back to to what I said is there's a proper way to do it and then there's not. Yeah. And 
And I get what you're saying about going to tell someone because it's not your job. It's not your problem. But as you know, the person I was raised to be the same as you are, I'm not going to sit there and watch someone struggle or do something not correct and not be like, you know, Hey man, how you doing? You know, or, you know, Hey, how you doing? Like, make sure, like, talk to them. Uh, like I get you're saying that you might be a stranger, but look, you might've seen this, the person seven times in the gym already. And you've nodded to them every time you go by, or, you know, she got off of the, the one rack that you were going to and you're like, Oh, Hey, you know, how you doing? You know, you have that kind of etiquette in a gym atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And when you come off in a polite way, not saying it's the, you know, it, you don't have to be like a flirtatious, weird kind of way. But when you come off in a polite way, I'm sure the person who's who you're talking to 90 times out of 10 is going to understand, you know, hey, you're just trying to look out for my best interest. You might, you know, and again, if you don't know what they're actually trying to do, like if they're trying to do curls and you don't know how to do them, don't try and fix it. Right. But if it's something that you know isn't right, then just say, hey, look, you might want to work on a form day for that instead of doing your max weight on that because you could cause serious injury and this is why. Well, and here's, and here's how I would here's how I would approach that. Um, just again, because we like, we don't know what they're doing. So if I see somebody who's knocking their knees on a squat, I might go over to that person, introduce myself, say, Hey, how you doing? Well, Hey, I just want, you know, I was wondering where you got your workout plan from. Right. And like, just kind of like, like get, like show intrigue into them. Right. And then what I might say is like, Oh, okay. Well I was, you know, they talk about their squats and I would say, Oh, okay. I was, I I've always do my squats this way. So that's a, like, like kind of like lead them in a direction without saying, this is what you should do. Like saying yeah. like, Oh, okay. Like I, I, this is how I was taught to do squats, but don't just be like, Oh, you're doing it wrong. This is how you right. should be doing it. You know, like right. you be more subtle about it, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. But they, they, I mean, if, you, if you come over, it's imagine it like this. If you come over and tell somebody, Hey, you're doing it wrong. Even, even in a nice way as compared to, Oh, okay. That like, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. This is like, I, I see what, where you got that uh, information. This is just how I was taught to do it. But, you know, I was just intrigued where, where you got your information. And they, rather than being told, oh, you're wrong, you say somebody say, oh, okay, this is, this is just the way I've, I've done it. I just wanted to see, um, see what your side was. They might go, oh, okay. It, it's, it might put them as less defensive. Because from- when it doesn't matter sometimes, you, you come over and tell somebody, even in a polite way, hey, you're doing it wrong. It's going to shut them down. But if it's like you almost show them without telling them to do it like this, it can be more well-received. Yeah, I mean, e- either way, if, if a person's going to take it wrong, they're probably having a bad day. You know? Well, it could, and, it could be. It could be. They might be uncomfortable yeah. because maybe that this is not, you know, somewhere where they feel comfortable. So we want to, we, right. you know, this is why we don't want – somebody to, to think about coming to the gym for months and then finally come to the gym and then have somebody come over to him and say, Oh, Hey, like even, even in a nice way, like, Hey, you're doing this wrong. Like, Oh, even if it's like, Oh, Hey, let me help you. 
uh, let me show you this. Some people can get really dejected by that and be like, oh man, I can't do this. And then, and then bail out. So, you know, and that it goes back to reading the room, but um, again, the, the main point of this is don't be that gym bro that, that goes over and tries to, you know, mansplain everything to the women. That's the big key I'm, I'm trying to get out of this. Um, I, th- I think it's more of don't just try and go over to her because she's attractive or something like that. Um, if you're approaching her, make sure you have a legit reason for the reason that she's there and not because you think she's a 10 out of 10. Well, so I, you're trying I think, to see what yeah. she's doing after after the workout. I'd say that the better thing, regardless, is to let them do their workout. And then if you're going to approach them about whatever, approach them after the after they're done their workout when they're leaving. Um, that would that would be my suggestion to that. So but anyway, so those those are my main points on on the gym. Don't, you know, but do get to the gym and do, you know, work on something, whatever it is. You know, just don't don't be in just. Be common sense. Don't be inconsiderate to other people. Mind the people around you. That's that's really what it's about. One hundred percent agree. All right, so we're gonna get that was a that was a very long fit tip. That was really it good was. good information too. I, I feel very proud of that one. So hey, it, um, took, it, it it took pretty much the short and sweet dirt segment that I'm gonna give you. So well, good. <laughs> so I'm gonna turn it over to you, and I, I don't think i can put the brantley gilbert song on this week but um i'm gonna i have decided to rename this uh, this segment so um so now, instead of fitness news we have fit tips and now we've got dirty talk with jordan <laughs> oh dirty talk okay um so uh, that's a good one so uh yeah guys like i said we don't have a whole lot of dirt news uh this week um, reason being is speed week ended. Um, the all-stars have been off, uh, local racing just picked up today. Uh, they're back at the Grove tonight, but the outlaws have been running. Uh, the outlaws ran on Tuesday and it was the Brad Doty classic at Attica raceway park and yours truly Kyle Larson picked up the win there. He had an intense battle with Donnie shots, but he ends up coming out on top um but shots made it real close um and then after that like i said not much else going on except for oh it's king's royal week um and that's probably one of again the best tracks best weeks there is um i was going back and forth whether i wanted to tell you all of this at one time or split it half and half so i'm gonna split it half and half because there's four nights of racing now it's not three it's four um i know when you got me the ticket ryan to go there was three nights they added an extra night so now it's four um so the joker's wild was on wednesday and david gravel picked up the win there um even though kyle larson won at attica on Tuesday, he's seeming to find a lot of issues here at Eldora. Um, flat tires seem to be happening a lot. Um, but David Gravel won the Joker's Wild. And so we'll go to what they call the historical big one. And that's finally back after a couple years of being out. And why they call it the historical big one is, well, it's 100 And in sprint car racing, that's a lot of money. So... Ryan, I just want to, I just want to ask you, um, 
obviously this is that Eldora. A couple PA guys went over there. Do you have any idea who might have picked up the win last night for the historical big one? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess you're gonna tell me it was not Kyle Larson. It was not Kyle Larson. No, who was it? Uh, was it, it was. Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? It was ahead. not Anthony Macri. It was, okay, that was who I was gonna guess. <laughs> no, it was not Anthony Macri. He has been on a hot streak, but it was not. Nope, it was the other PA posse driver, Brent Marks. Gotcha. Started 14th, ends up coming up with the W. I think it would have been different, but remember what I said about Kyle Larson and flat tires? He was running second. Right rear went down. Um, Marks from 14th to 1st. Uh, Tyler Courtney was giving him a run for his money there at the end, but wasn't able to make it happen. So Brent Marks, $100,000 richer. Um, tonight is the night before the Kings Royal, and then tomorrow is the Kings Royal. So we'll see who is going to be dubbed the King. Uh, I believe it's 38. Um, Jack Hoddenshield, the wild child, will be there to crown them. So I don't know. Maybe it might be Sheldon Hoddenshield. Um, it'd be pretty cool to have that happen, have father uh, crown the son, um, especially the way Jack Hoddenshield used to race Eldora. Man puts on a show. That's why they call him the wild child. And Sheldon, well, I told you the whole Knoxville or the uh, Houston Raceway when Sheldon went from sixth to first and two and a half laps and one there. Um, but anyway, so big, big news out of the sprint car world. Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet are going to be starting up a weeknight sprint car show. It's going to be called the High Limit Sprint Car Series. And what's going to happen in this is they are going to have big time money for uh, money shows throughout the week. Um, the tracks and schedules have yet to be announced, but there's going to be 12 races and they're going to be at big time races. So we'll see uh, our big time tracks. So we'll see if PA gets any of them. I'm going to take a wild guess and say, yes, they will. Uh, not sure which tracks I'm going to probably target Port Royal is probably going to be one of them but we'll just have to wait and see. But other than that, um, guys, the Elijah Hawkins Memorial race is coming up September 3rd. We're halfway through July. So make sure you guys mark that on your calendars. Make sure you get there. Cause it's going to be a, a good night uh, to be watching some racing. Awesome. <clears throat> so that was a uh, dirty talk with Jordan. <laughs> I'm I need to like, I have a guitar. I can make my own little guitar riff for this one. I really, I really like that. I came up with that just a little bit ago. So, so we got uh, some cup stuff to talk about. We were in Atlanta. So um, I'm saying after two races, Atlanta, uh, I think the product, you know, as much reservation as we had about repaving Atlanta, I think that it was a success. We've SMI has done some really, really good things lately. I think that Atlanta is now super unique uh, and, it's it's a really fun track to go to. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting races of the year. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it goes to show you. I mean, Corey LaJoy almost pulled off the win there. Yep. Um, so it's going to be like one of the uh, super speedway races. Um, so and super speedway races, uh, anybody can win. The only thing is, I think we got to find a way to make better passing because um, they're saying – 
once you're in the back, you can't really pass. And I think it's because the track isn't uh, as wide. Yes. Uh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to watch it. So I have no idea. <laughs> I saw bits and pieces of it, but I didn't get to see the whole thing. Here's the thing. If your car is good, your car can pass. And if your car is good, that's probably why you're up front. That's the reality of the situation here. Chase Elliott what, went through traffic a couple times to get up front. So, you know, Corey LaJoy didn't just happen to get to the front. I don't think they pulled a strategy. They, they did pass cars to get up there. So you could pass. If you had, if you had a good car, you had the ability to work your way through traffic. If you did not have a good car, you would get stuck. Period. So, and that's how that it, it's been pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I mean, well, they've been saying everywhere that it's been hard to pass, but like I said, I heard talks about it, but I didn't get to see much of the Atlanta yeah. race. So, well, did you at least sure. did you at least get to see the uh, the last lap where uh, Corey's wreck happened? Yes, I did. Dirty block or no from Chase Elliott? I don't think it was a dirty block. I think it was a, a clean move to win the race. I think, um, I think the move was worse. I think on uh, Corey LaJoy's part to try and get there. Yeah, because um, direction that it wasn't going to work out, and he, I mean he was going for the win. Um, don't get me wrong, but no, I don't think what Chase did was in any way sort of of a dirty block. Yeah, I think that Chase Chase threw a block. And it was an aggressive. I would say it was a, a little bit of an aggressive block, but I don't think if he if he doesn't throw that block, I don't think Corey ends up quite getting there anyway. So I, I don't think the result would have changed. And I think just Corey just he just sailed it off. He he laid all his cards on the table and went for it, which you can't be too mad about it. You know he he was he was trying to put himself in the playoffs. He was trying to get that wild card win, and he was so close to doing it. And I'm gonna tell that would have been one for the ages, but that would have really, really screwed Kevin. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, he almost, uh, as you would say, he almost Babe Ruthed it because he called a shot and said he was gonna go in there and steal one. Yeah, and he almost did. He almost did. So I give him props, but yeah, that would have been that would have been very, very detrimental to Kevin. It would have pushed him even further back. And, and just basically put him in a situation where they need to win. Now, on Kevin's side of things, he, as bad as he ran throughout most of the day and didn't get any stage points because of Christopher Bell's bad luck, Kevin ended up netting two points on him. So, the, remember what I said last week? It, the momentum rides with Kevin right now. They did not have a particularly great race. They still came home 12th, and they gained points at a racetrack that they – we, as a as an organization, as a manufacturer, really Ford hasn't quite figured out that that racetrack just yet. So, you know, now we're going to New Hampshire, which could be based on where we've seen speed from the Fords. This could be a good racetrack for Ford. So we'll you know we'll see how that pans out. But um, unless we get another winner, I, I think that's your fight right now. It's it's going to be Kevin versus. Christopher Bell and actually Kevin needs to keep trying to charge. He did gain a little bit on Truex, I believe. So he needs to go after Truex. That's he needs to try to put that buffer in. Yeah, I think uh I think with Christopher Bell having the pit crew struggles that he's been having, um I think now uh 
the target is going to be Truex. However, going into this weekend, it's going to be a tough one. So Harvick's yeah. really got to dig down deep here to, to pull one out, I think. I feel like – so Christopher Bell had a, a tire fall off in the pit road. I feel like that was a fail, that they did not call that a – a wheel coming off it clearly came off the rule does not say anything about leaving pit road i do not believe and even if it does that is a very i feel like that is a the an incorrect portion of the rule he lost the tire it came off after he left his pit stall it's it should be a penalty now maybe joe gibbs racing can't afford another four week suspension from their guys because they've had so many but um i feel like that that one missed the mark yeah, that one probably should have been. I mean, he was out of the pit box, and he was pit boxes down, and the tire was more pit boxes down than he was. So Yeah. Now, so I will, I will kind of just leave on this that uh, I thought Atlanta was – Atlanta was good quality product. I think it's exciting. It's very different. Even if it's hard to pass and, and they kind of line up there for a little bit, you know, there's still plenty of action. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I think it was fun. So – I'm I'm on the Atlanta bandwagon right now, but I did want to talk to you, Jordan, about um, Road America a little bit. I left this off last week's segment. Um, so one of the main issues with Road America and Coda and these really really long road courses is the cautions, especially when a caution comes out. You saw this in the Xfinity race. Caution came out two laps ahead of time uh, of the stage. And so they had to ride around under caution to finish the stage. Then they had to ride around under caution under the normal stage break. Um, I'm under the impression that when we go to these big racetracks, we need to come up with some kind of VRC system, virtual uh, – well, they, VSC. They call it virtual safety car for us, virtual pace car. We need to come up with some kind of – like slow the cars down, clear the car off the track, and then let them go back to racing. I feel like that would be more efficient than throw a full course caution, line them up, open pit road. Like it, we should follow. We should try to get on F1's bandwagon here a little bit. Maybe just like throw the like throw a caution, but as you're coming by pit road, pit road's open. Just dive on in. Like we're not going to do this open pit road for the lead lap cars, then the lap cars. Let's just like keep it rolling. Let's get to the stage. When, when we have a stage uh, finish, let's plan this out ahead of time. We're going to, especially on a big track like this, we're going to run two laps of caution. We're going to, like, caution comes out. We line up. Pit road's going to be open because by that time, we've already been under caution for, like, four minutes. So pit road's immediately going to be open the very first time around. Come down, get your service. And then next time by, we're going green. Yeah, and maybe even if, if we really want to make a, a thing about it, like, well, the lap cars, we don't want the lap cars pitting with the lead lap cars. When we line them up, after they get across the line, get behind the pace car, let the, pa- the lap cars immediately drop back to the back of the pack. We have plenty of time. It's four miles. Let them get to the back of the pack, get li- everyone lined up, and then let them all pit separately. Well, what do you think of that? Uh, I think the the easiest change to make in this situation is not to do a virtual pace car or not to do anything like that because, one, you have the stage break, which is coming. Pit road was closed, so that was the other thing. And it was just a worst-case scenario of, hey, we got to do seven laps under caution. 
I think the best option to do at this point is if we want to pull from F1, I don't think it's a virtual safety car because, I mean, we're, we're NASCAR. We're not F1. What I think they need to do is, I think, turn the, turn the speed up on the pace car. Turn the speed up on these pace laps. Don't, don't go around it, you know, 25 miles an hour. Get around this track at 70 miles an hour, whatever. Get around there. Stop wasting time. Um, it'll save you, obviously, time on the track. Um, we know how to measure out fuel distances and everything like that. Um, it, it'll play into strategies, whatever. But that way, we're still running the, the full distance, the, the distance that we're supposed to run. The cautions won't take as long. Um, either that or just completely negate the stage breaks on road courses so that way we don't have this issue. Um, but yep. I think if you want to keep it, I think what we should do is, you know, the put the pace car out there, give them a helmet, which they normally have, have a five-point harness and have them go 70, 80 miles an hour around that track, put an old driver in there, someone that can handle it, whatever, uh, someone who's qualified to handle it and send them on their way. We're not taking, you know, a, a four-mile lap that takes a minute and a half for them to get around and making it a 10-minute lap. Let's yeah, it's, make it's it like a, twenty a minute cautions because it because it falls yes. right on a stage. It's it's yeah, especially when like in the Xfinity race, the first the the first two stages are tw- are ten laps apiece. So right. you're running twenty percent of it under caution because when the caution comes out, then you're running another two or three laps under like it, with Road America. There's no excuse for like finishing a stage and then not like. Have the pace car, especially there at Road America, just have them off turn five. That's plenty of time. And even if we have to get the the stage winner around back there and have them stop right before turn five, put the pace car out there, have them stop, and let the field completely catch up. If that's how if that's what we're gonna do, and immediately open pit road the very first time by. There's no excuse, in my opinion. You know, let, yeah. let let the field get caught up immediately. We're opening pit road. If you if you don't want the lead lap cars and the lap cars pitting together, just when when the pace car starts going, all lead lap cars go ahead and give a give a twenty second gap or so between the the leaders and the lap cars. You can you can do this super efficiently within the course of a lap. I, I don't see why that would be so hard. But it needs to be more planned out. Like you, you need to have two laps is the me- minimum or the maximum we should have under stage break, in my opinion. And if we have a caution yeah. that's ahead of the stage break, that's fine. You know, we'll put that in the rules. That's fine. Hey, we we got a caution on lap eight. The stage breaks on lap ten. We're taking the caution and lining up on lap nine. So this is the stage. We're going to go ahead and call it now. Pit road is open, or we're open in pit road. Get your stage points or don't. Your call. This is what right. it is. You right. know that I think that that's I think that's how it should be. And it, it I think to me that adds to the strategy. It adds to the complexity. You you know now if you're somebody who's like, well, I'm just collecting my stage points. Now you have to make a decision. It's just you know it's just part of it. So, but I, I think it's I, it's just what we're doing right now. Too long. It needs to be shortened. Yeah, I think. I think honestly, the stages need to go away on road courses just because it's predictable. And if you're staying out for, if you're staying out for points, then you're not going to have a chance to win. 
you know, unless your car is that good and you can drive back through, there's only a select amount of drivers that I think can do that. Um, but if you, if you don't, if you don't pit and you get the stage points, your chances of winning are slim just because of the track position. If you pit early, then you're losing all those stage points, the bonus points, and you're just, you're going to have to work your way up and you're pretty much going for win or nothing at a road course. But yeah, I mean, it's honestly the worst, the worst part is like, you know, the top three go by, you know, with three to go in the stage and then the next 27 cars pit. And you're just watching them all going, and you're like, really? You know what I mean? Like, it's it just, I think we should take those out. I think the fuel mileage races are more, more intense for that whole situation. So, I do like the, the strategy you see with those stages, though, because you see guys who were running 15th, you know, 12th to 15th, all of a sudden they're up there getting stage points because, you know, they, they need to, that's, that's what they're going to get today everyone else is going to pit, you know? And so th- this is all I can do today. I'm going to go ahead and stay, stay up here. And it gives some exposure from those, for those guys that weren't up there. I think Bubba Wallace nailed some stage points there and he wasn't running particularly good all day. So it's kind of nice in that regard, but, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from with the stage. I'm just trying to keep it in the realm of reality. Like the stages aren't going away. So what are we, what can we do about that? Right. And uh, so. like I said, I think the best thing to do under caution at a track that long is um, send it. Have the pace car yeah. get around the track. These guys can get around the track. I mean, obviously, they do it under a green. So, you know, obviously, when just you get to Just don't let Jeff the, be a Ouija around anyone. He might spin you out. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now, when you, now, there's like an accident on the track. When you get there, you obviously slow up back down. But through the rest of the course, there's no reason why you have to be going – 25 miles an hour when the wrecks yeah. on the other end of the track. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, in the Xfinity series race, Austin Hill uh, netted the win. I think Austin Hill might be the best restrictor plate racer or speedway racer in the field right now in the Xfinity series. He's, uh, he's won Daytona, I think in the trucks and Xfinity series. Yeah, he definitely yeah. has. Um, yep. He's, super competitive at these tracks um and now obviously with the news of tyler reddick do you think austin hill could possibly go to cup in a couple years um well the way rcr has been talking about him it kind of sounds that way um but i don't i don't know what the plan is um i heard um i didn't see anything but i heard that at the end of the season ty dillon's leaving gms um I don't know if that means he's going to go to Childress or not. Um, but obviously there's going to be a seat open there. And uh, I, I see Austin Hill going there, but I think there's also better candidates at that are honestly ready to be in a cup seat. Um, well, I, I they agree cut with Hemrick you. off, you know, to put Reddick yeah. there. And, and now Reddick's gone. And Hemrick didn't run bad when he was there, but he only had one season to run there. So. Well, I, I will I will put it this way. Um, look at RCR's track record over the last, you know, decade. They've not been particularly competitive. You know, they'll, they'll sneak out wins here and there. Uh, Ryan Newman, when he was there, was pretty much good for about a win a year. Uh, Austin Dillon's about good for a win every two years. 
So, you know, I see where I see where Tyler Reddick's coming from. He's had some success there, but is that the place that's going to ascend him to the next level? And twenty three eleven, I think, especially with their association with Gibbs, they're an ascending team where RCR is kind of a just they're a they're a B plus team or a B team maybe right now. So I think it would be a step up for for Reddick in the future. Um, and it's not for another two years. So that's going to give uh, 2311 time to be able to, to improve their quality, to you know, get, get a little bit closer to Gibbs on, on their product um, and expand and maybe go to three teams. But also at that point, um, he, it might just be him taking over for a retiring uh, Kurt Busch. I don't know that Bubba's going to be moved out of there. I think that they, they've been selling him very, very well for sponsorships. So I think they'd be hard pressed to replace Bubba like that. But uh, I think it's a good chance that Kurt could retire and, and Reddick would take over that 45. Yeah. I think, I kind of think that's what the, uh, what the game plan is, but I, I don't know how much I like the way Reddick went about it. Um, um, and I mean, who knows? You sign this contract this year, you know, for 2024. What happens if next year they come out and Toyota all of a sudden is like the Fords are this year? They're hit or miss. Once in a while they're there. Once in a while they're not. Um, yeah, well, it ups and flows, but, I mean, just as a whole, even even with the Chevys the last few years, the Chevys have been the the top dogs, I think. In, back, in the series, I mean, Hendrick, Hendrick obviously was the most winningest team last year. So they've been fast, but they RCR didn't capitalize with any wins last year. Even when Reddick had speed at times, Dylan was fast from here and here and there, but they never capitalized on it. So I think it, regardless, it's going to be a step up for Reddick. And uh, I think it's going to be a little bit better for his future than, than saying at RCR. And I hate to say that. Well, you know, I got to say, sometimes when you move manufacturers, it just doesn't work well in your favor. But we'll see how it works for them. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm personally, I, I agree with his decision there. And I don't know, I don't know how you leave an organization amicably like that. Unless, unless you have like some Kurt Busch, uh, burn it down kind of things going on. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have this and they've kind of built around Tyler, but it's, I don't feel like that. I, I don't feel like they're going to be on the level that, that 2311 and, and the Gibbs camp will be And you know, I, moving, moving over to 2311 could set him up and a Gibbs car for the future. You don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I think the way he went about it's all wrong. Um, he tried to say, you know, I wanted to get it out there. So that way they could plan what they wanted to do for the future. Um, first of all, you just got your first win and 10 days mm-hmm. later, you're signing a, a contract to a different team right after they pick up your contract for next year. You know, the, the timing of it's just terrible well, um, to announce it. Not saying he couldn't have done it. He could have made it. Everything happen, um, and, you know, put it off at least till the end of the year. Cause I mean, as much as, as much as everybody doesn't want to say it, I mean, look at this. From this point on, obviously RCR wants to win a championship. But from this point on, 
knowing that he's going to leave, I don't see him getting the best equipment. I, I'm with you on that, but there's there might be things we don't know. For example, um, when the deal got signed, potentially, you, you know, maybe Tyler released his information because RCR was going to release it on their end for out of spite, out of whatever. So, you know, maybe he wanted to get it out so he could control the narrative better. Um, maybe they're putting it out there because. 2311 is making a bold move and signing Reddick ahead of time to, to snatch him up. And now they're putting it out there because they're going to build anticipation with partners to try to get big time sponsorship in on that car way, way, way in advance. So well, I, I, you know, I, I, get, I get the argument, but I, I also see the tactical advantage of control your narrative, get the information out there so you can, can try to lure in potential sponsors and partners well, well, well ahead of the time. And to be no, honest with you, for I, a couple of years in, 2311 has done a great job with their partnership. No, I, I see that on the Reddick end. I see the it working out in his in his favor, um, mm-hmm. announcing it this soon. They all know where he's going. You know, sponsorships can go there. I see that working out on, on 2311's end. Mm-hmm. But what I'm also going to say is I, I could see the next, the rest of this year and next year, I could see it all of a sudden being like, you know, Hey, he's just not running good. You know, the, the announcement happened, the team stopped believing in him. Um, not saying that he couldn't win, but the team doesn't want to, you know, win for someone who's ditching them. Um, I, I know they always say that uh, we're going to do what we can while we're here to try and get, you know, the best, the win we can, whatever, and RCR might be like, oh, we're trying to get, we're going to try and get him to win here. So that way, when he leaves, he's kind of like, oh, what am I doing? Is it a mistake? But I think the way everything went about this, the team has no faith left in them. They're all kind of blown away. I, I don't necessarily think they were expecting it. Um, and I mean, based off of their Twitter feed, they weren't. And from this point on, He's. I don't think he's going to get the better car than than Austin Dillon. Here, whether he was I, or I not, can, I don't I can see him getting the best equipment. I understand that. I'm going to counter argue that with if if RCR is smart, they still give him the best equipment because it's like, do you suck up your pride and try to keep Tyler Reddick in in primo the best stuff you can to make him a winning driver so you can show prospective drivers that hey we have winning equipment or do you want to put it all in the hands of austin dillon who again he's a one win every two year guy do you want to put your hands in in your company in his hands or do you want to put it in the guy who's been doing so good this year they really could have won two times prior to this and has had bad luck and has gotten knocked out of the way so, I think I mean, that you just have to I mean, suck it up and deal with your pride. But that that's just it. He's proven that they can win. That's what I'm saying. Like been, keep giving it, keep giving him the stuff. So when the next person comes in, sponsors still think you have a winning equipment and uh drivers still come into there thinking, hey, we we can do this. Tyler did it, we can continue doing it. If you put it in Austin's hands right now, I don't know that you you have that at the end of next year. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, he obviously from this point on, I don't think he gets the best equipment. Not saying that, um, you know, RCR is going to come out and say, well, hey, we're giving him the same stuff. He's just, 
not running the way he was. Um, and they could pull it off as a, you know, since the annou- announcement, things just weren't together with us. We were still giving him the same equipment. His team, you know, just there wasn't the same kind of connection that they had, and they fell off. I mean, you could easily pull it, pull it off that way, um, especially with the way things all went down. I, I'm not saying come out here and be like, oh, we're giving you a shitty car now because, you know. No. What no, you, but I, what you're doing, and I'm not saying they're going to put it all in, in Austin Dillon's hands, um, but obviously Reddick has proven this year that RCR can win. He's been up front. He's actually won a race. So now all these people are like, okay, well, look, he doesn't put the the equipment all in Austin Dillon's car. If I go there, I can be the thing that takes over RCR from where it's at, and obviously like you're saying, it's a one win here and there for Austin Dillon, but Noah Gregson could go there. Daniel Hemmer could go back there. He's obviously an Xfinity champion now. Um, and he there. So I, I you know, I, I don't see it working out bad for RCR. I mean, obviously losing Tyler Reddick, who's a great driver. I see it working out bad in that situation, but I think there's still a lot of alternatives that they can actually come back from and still be okay. Yeah. So that obviously that that won't go down though for the next uh, year and a half. So we'll have to see if uh, if Reddit can continue his surging ways. Um, just to, like I said, remember he he really could have he should have won California. He should have won Bristol Dirt Race. So you know he. They've had they've had good amounts of speed. Um, so speaking of which, I wanted to, to throw this out here. Something I heard um, with Kevin floating around the, the cut line now, currently seventeenth in points, he is eleventh, and I think Eric is actually twelfth in points. If it was points only, they would be good. And a matter of fact, I heard a little tidbit this week that up until it might have been it might have changed in the last couple of weeks, but just a few weeks ago. As far as average finish goes, and I think points earned off of finishes, Kevin was in the top five, like up to third in average finish and points off of finishes. But because a lot of these other guys are qualifying much better, racking up stage points, that has been your deciding factor here. This is why Kevin's so far behind and, you know, the various people who have won races. So that's kind of like an interesting little thing to show how important these stage points are is, you know, guys that aren't getting them aren't up in the points race, even if they're finishing well. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, could this be the best season ever? It's definitely been one of the most competitive. <laughs> I'll say that. The, the competition's right. been very, very tight. We just got our first three-time winner. So, you know, and we could very well get another one this weekend, but we're going to get to New Hampshire in just a minute. Um, you got anything else? Oh, we, we do have to touch on Mid-Ohio. First, I'm not a big fan of the truck series going to Mid-Ohio. I thought that the Xfinity program worked really well at Mid-Ohio, but I don't make these calls. So I would rather the Xfinity guys go there. Maybe even with the – uh, a shared race with the trucks um, and not go to Sonoma. Well, or Portland, I'd, I'd rather them not, not go out West 
and just stick yeah. to running, you know, go ahead and run mid Ohio, but, but don't go all the way out West for those programs. It costs too much money for them. Um, but, uh, I thought it was a less entertaining race than what the Xfinity program puts on, but it still ended up being a really, really good battle for the win. And, uh, Parker Klingerman with another upset really dominated the race, uh, held off a, a surging Zane Smith there at the end. Um, but man, that, that's just really cool to see. I've been a part of that team, uh, got the win at Talladega with them a few years ago. I was changing tires for them. So that was really cool to see that team get another one. Yeah. And not on a restricted plate track Yeah, where, yeah. you know, you could kind of luck into it. Um, he had to earn that one. Um, he didn't restart on the, the front row every time and he definitely earned it. Yeah. It was definitely now the only thing. The only thing that I, I do want to pitch out on this is that when, in that Talladega race, he won. You know, this team hasn't won on flukes, period. Neither one were flukes. Um, th- that Talladega race that Parker won, he was competitive all day. He ran up front all day long. So, and then he did it again uh, this week. And somebody signed the man. He's pretty good. Well, you know, he I was. Think- he was signed to Richard Childress to run the 21 in the Xfinity series. And yeah, then that fell through. That fell through. So, so somebody has got to pick this guy up. He's always been a good driver. He's just not really been with the best teams, you know, right. and for him to go with the 75 team who they, they don't run full time, but when they run, they put everything they have into a race. It's it really neat what they're able to do with their humble little, little organization. Um, but man, they bring it when they run, they bring it every single time. So cool deal for Parker to win. I am a little jealous now because it was like, you know, I, I was part of that. Now it's like, oh, it's, I feel like it's a little tainted from that win. Cause it's like, oh, it's not as big of a deal because he did it again. But I, I was really happy to see those guys. Cause they're a really cool group of guys. So good, good to see them, um, get that one. But uh, don't send the trucks there again by themselves, please. <laughs> I, I, think it, I, think be a good, I think it'd be a good truck Xfinity race there. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So um, we're going to switch over to Formula One now. Uh, so where were we at? We were in Aust- Austria at the Red Bull Ring this week. So I had called it that I thought that Max was going to run away with this race. He was pretty much the fastest in practice, won pole, won the sprint. He won everything but the race. And then hindsight being what it is, and I'm mad at myself because I thought about this prior to the weekend. Max finished – well, Max didn't finish second. Max was running second to uh, uh, Leclerc almost the entire race in Bahrain. The Ferrari had the better car between Leclerc and – Max, that was a, that was the better product in Bahrain. Another track that really, as far as F1 standards go, I feel like that and Red Bull Ring kind of are comparative in the sense of in their world, those feel to me like short tracks. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they both have their long straightaways, but they kind of feel like small compared to a lot of the other racetracks. Yeah. So hindsight being what it is, I should have thought about that and called that one for Leclerc. They definitely had the fastest car. Red Bull tried the the best strategy they could. And I I really, to be honest with you, at the end of that race when Leclerc was slowing down and Max was catching him, 
he said he did the same thing at Bahrain. He started like freaking his guys out, like, what's going on? What's going on? But he was playing with the guys there because he lost a race like that. I almost feel like this, he was, con- he controlled that gap and did that for the Netflix series. Well, it's Is that funny. horrible to say. I mean, it's funny you say that, but the crew actually did come on his radio and say that there was something with the throttle that it wasn't responding. Yeah, um, I think that the, I think that was all part of it because it, it it was like he managed the gap just enough. Yeah, well, he, he said he said on the radio that he was pulling the gas pedal back with his foot, um, and I was like, well, I would think you're losing a little bit of time every lap, mm-hmm. um, but. I heard one of the announcers say you probably don't want to say that over the radio so the FIA doesn't be like they don't come on there and they're like, uh, that's a safety issue. You need to pull in. I mean, I wouldn't think that they would because a lot of pedals are designed with uh, with the kickbacks. So they have that little guard on top so you can pull it back with your toe if if it doesn't respond. So I don't know if that's how Formula One cars are designed, but like that's not. I don't think that's a huge safety issue because that's how they design them quote, usually. So yeah, they, they have those in sprint cars too, but that doesn't mean the throttle don't stick. Well, yeah, but it's, it's there. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I think I felt like that one was the drama was played up for that one just at the right time. But yeah, it, you know, and even there towards the end, really the Ferrari was the dominant car science, Really looked like he was going to get second there. Um, and and really, he I felt like he might have been faster than Leclerc and might have been able to run him down. Now, whether he was given permission to pass or not, Ferrari was really good about letting their guys race. So maybe they do. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, obviously, things went kabooing for science and he retired from the race, much like, uh, Checo just had a bad weekend all around and retired early. So um, we're running the streak right now of one Red Bull, one Ferrari, and then Hamilton on the podium. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Again, Hamilton doesn't see a podium if it's not for a Red Bull and a Ferrari dropping out. <clears throat> well, yeah, and that, that's been the situation all year, but it's been really intriguing to see a Red Bull and a, it seems like one of the two seem to have issues every single week, either self-created or, or mechanical or something happens, you know, in Silverstone, obviously uh, AlphaTauri had a little bit to do with Max having such a slow car, but um, yeah, it's, they, Hamilton just keeps racking up these third place finishes uh, he's going to get a win here, I think, before too long. This is the longest non-winning <laughs> streak he's had in, I think they said, his whole career. So, which is you, really you actually kind of, of amazing. You put a lot of I, faith in him. I don't see him winning this this year. I, I think I think that they'll pull it off somewhere. I think that they'll have a race where, you know, he'll be faster only, than he'll be faster the only than one. Way- no, the only way this will happen is if Max and Leclerc wreck each other out and Sites and Perez both have uh, terminal issues. That's the only well, way this is going to happen. Monza 
the last couple of years has been absolutely bonkers. And we have that one coming up. So that's a possibility. We have But then he still has Singapore. We're going to Singapore for the first time in a few years. So we we have you know tracks that things could go wrong. So I think the possibility is there that like you said maybe Hamilton has a third place car somewhere and maybe like Brazil where he was the fastest last year. We go to Brazil and he's a third place car but you know Max and Leclerc just one of them makes a mistake and then they take each other out. You never know. But I do think it's I interesting. I do think it's interesting that I called before Silverstone. I said, hey, this is really where the the uh, title race took a flip last year. Max had the wreck and then Hamilton got right back in very quickly. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but it we're, we're kind of seeing – and Max has definitely lost some of his lead over the last couple of weeks. Now it could be worse, but it definitely, uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. At the same time last year, this is where the thing started to turn around. Yeah, well, the the first at Silverstone, it was there's a piece lodged underneath his car, and then this week he just they weren't fast, but he still got second. And without the damage at Silverstone, he 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 wins that race. Um, let's be real. Oh, I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. But so, that's like you know, if if he wouldn't have had the contact with Hamilton at Silverstone last year, he probably wins that race too. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but obviously, you know, the funny part was how uh, Hamilton and Leclerc went through that corner was a whole lot different than the way Max and Hamilton went through that corner. Yeah, that um, was a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, Max and Leclerc pretty much had the same line, but Hamilton had a different one. Um, yeah, he, he, I saw blew the, it, he blew the corner when he went in there against Max. He did not blow yeah. it when he went in with Leclerc. Yeah, I saw I saw the side-by-side, side and you could definitely see the difference. So I, I don't care what anybody says. It was still Hamilton's fault. Um, which brings me to this other point of, um, man, how the tides have turned on Hamilton and how he cries like a baby. Um Last year, oh, when I know which that, you're going with this, that wreck at Silverstone, everybody cheered when Max wrecked. Uh, Max went to the hospital, then uh, Lewis celebrated like he's never won a race before. <laughs> and then in practice, Hamilton goes off, he wrecks, they cheer, he cries like a baby, saying, Oh, someone could have been hurt, someone could have been on the way to the hospital. Well, isn't that funny? I feel like that's happened before, but um, oh, you didn't care about it then. That that it's, is true, but you know, I know they're making a big deal of it. But this happens in in. I mean, how many times did did people cheer when Jeff Gordon wrecked, when Jimmy Johnson wrecked? Oh when he, no, 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 no! Highly no. successful guys. That like this, this is what happens, and like right. But like you can't you can't be upset about it, you know, when when you're the enemy because you've been super successful, and I know like. It happens. It happened in Silverstone with Max. So you know, obviously, it's going to happen to uh, to when you wreck at Max's or Red Bull's, really at Red Bull's track. Obviously, because you've been such a dominant force against them, they hadn't had the answer for you for such a long time. Yeah, they're going to cheer for you, against you, and they also cheered when uh, Russell went in the to the gravel too, because the Mercedes has kicked you kicked. Red Bull's tail for years. You are the public enemy number one. So 
you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but like, don't take it personally, man. It's just, this is, this is how. Oh no, sport no, is. no, I'm not, I'm not taking it personally at all. No, I'm, I, sa- I'm saying them. I'm saying them. Yeah. I was going to say Hamilton's the one that's taking it personally. And it's, it's yeah. just comical to me because like, dude, you're in one of the top series. You're going to get booed. You're going to get cheered. Yeah. It, it's going to happen. Um, don't come out here and start crying about it because you know, you wrecked and everybody cheered. I mean, everybody cheered when, when, uh, Max wrecked at Silverstone when you guys had that contact and then you came out and won and celebrated like, you know, it was your first win or you just won the championship and Max was still at the hospital. Like, come on now. Like, yeah, don't, don't, don't sit here and say something about, that when you're the one that literally did what you said not to do. Now I, I will say this about Hamilton that blew my mind. I have seen him say this multiple times this year. Like in the past, he'd be freaking about out about his tires all the time. And this year they'll have him run super long on a set and he'll be like, tires are good, man. We're good. It's like, he, what, what, he, where did this come he, from? He always did that. Just to, uh, he always played head games. Whenever he'd say, I, "Oh, my tires are gone," I'm like, "Dude, you're lying." I I I called that last year. I, dude, you're lying. One of the better people at saving tires. You're lying. It it just it blows my mind that the 180. It was it's crazy. Yeah, I I thought it was really funny. <clears throat> so, but that was uh that was the Hungarian or Hungarian, the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, Leclerc was able to pull one out. Now, the next one we're going to is we're going to France, the French Grand Prix. And this is a, a place where um, Max went out last year and had one of his, like, better – I would say better uh, take the wind out of Mercedes' sails because he ran Hamilton down and passed him with just a few laps to go to take the win. And, you know, that was obviously a, a big kind of shot in the arm to – to Mercedes that, you know, a race where they thought they had it kind of wrapped up and Max took it from them, went up there and took it from them. So I'd say you would have to imagine that Max is going to be fast, but I mean, I think it's, it's going to go down to Max and, and Leclerc all year long. And uh, this, yeah. this kind of track with the tracks that they've been doing, that they've been running well on so far this year, I think that this is going to be more conducive of a, a Red Bull car. Um, but don't sleep on science. Science has been probably between Silverstone and uh, and Austria. Science has been probably if you, you want to put him behind Leclerc, okay. But he's been very, very fast, and he's very confident. I think that first win kind of broke a barrier for him. I think he could be very, very good here. Yeah, he had a lot of wind in his sails until uh, the sail fell this week. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was horrendous, and and the safety officials just didn't seem to get there in time. And I think I think he couldn't get it in gear because obviously the the power unit is behind the driver, right. and I'm pretty sure all those paddles are just by wire. So if if something got burned up and he couldn't get it in gear, there was nothing he can do. They don't have parking brakes on these things. So he was just begging for somebody to come over and, and block the car, like chalk it so he could get out. Yeah. At that point, I would just turn the wheels. I mean, he must have had the steering wheel off, obviously, but 
you just got to like plug it in and turn it as hard as you can to just pin it against the wall or so. I don't know what you do in that other than just jump out and just bail on the car. So, yeah, well, and it, it, it's not even that it was rolling slowly. I mean, it would start no, rolling it would, fast. It would, and that's the thing till he would get, he would be able to get up on the halo bar and dive, you know, you yeah. run the risk of slipping and then just falling under the tire. So right. it's not a great situation for him there, but the safety, I think, as I mean, as long as it takes a driver to unclip and get the wheel off and then try to climb out, they should have been there much, much, much quicker. Oh, they should have been they, there. They should have, I been, mean, they should have been there trying to put the fire out and, and chalk the wheel well before he was getting out of the car. Yeah, the, the fire was already happening on the straightaway. They should have been yeah. there before he even almost got to a stop. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but that's uh, that's the F1 segment. Um, just wanted to touch on SRX real quick, because uh, this has been going. This is a long, really long podcast for us. Um, SRX ran at Nashville last weekend, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't been super impressed with ne- the SRX races this year. I don't feel like they're super, super competitive. And as much as cool as it is to see some of these guys racing again, it's 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 almost like uh you know Tony Stewart's a highly accomplished racer and he could probably go and race wherever he wants to and, and be successful. But some of these other guys are well past their prime. And it's I don't know, some of it's to me is like it's very tough to watch. Yeah. I mean I there, there's some I there's some guys that are still like Elio Castroneves is still pretty pretty young in spirit. So he can he can go out there and kind of whip up on these guys. But some of these guys are showing their age, and the the races just I don't feel like the races are super competitive. It's you don't see a lot of side by side, a lot of passing. Um, you might see a couple battles there, and you know we have seen a couple battles for the lead, but not much really happens. Um, I think the entertainment factor just comes from like the the drivers themselves, and not necessarily the racing. So I'm a little concerned for SRX. I was very impressed, unimpressed by the the size of the crowd in Nashville as compared to last year where it was packed. This year it seemed very, very scant. So, um, you know, I think it's cool to see Ryan Newman go out and get a win. It's cool to see some of these, you know, Tony Stewart go out and get a win. But uh, I'm kind of, I'm looking at these last couple races for SRX and being like, please put on a good product. Because so far it's just, I feel like it's been it's worth watching, but it's not watching worth watching because of the racing. It's worth watching because you see these guys who are have been out of NASCAR or IndyCar for a long time competing, and you you hear Alan Bestwick. It, it's it's the other stuff that's being entertaining. Yeah, well, I think they're at a aren't they at I fifty five this week? I believe so. Yes, yeah, because they're going. So, I, Ken Schrader might be the one of the local favorite guys running. Um, I'm, I'm not 100 percent who's sure or who is, but I do know they are also running the modifieds. Like Kenny Wallace and Schrader will be there too. Yeah. Um, so they're running both of those. So it'll be interesting. But I think this will be, I think this will be your measuring point for SRX because going to I-55, this is what I want the truck series to do. So, um, yeah, I, I. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on this race. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's still worth watching. Um, but it, I, 
it still cycles back to I think that NASCAR is putting on a little bit more entertaining racing product, but I think both series have a lot they can learn from each other. Right. So, all right. Well, Jordan, you got any final thoughts before we make our picks for this weekend? Um, nope. Just excited for Shark Week to uh, get here. My sunglasses are already in route. Um, I don't know if you got yours yet, but dude, I, I got I got them when they they came out like a month and a half ago. Yeah, I just started seeing advertisements for them, so I was like, oh, I, I think I texted you when they came out. As soon as they came out, I bought them immediately. Gotcha. <laughs> So, so you um, already you already have yours. Heck yeah, man! And there, okay. I, I do like this. I like this year's model better than last year's. It's kind of similar to a couple years ago, but I'm okay with it. I like it. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah. Other than other than that, uh, Shark Week's coming up, so I'm excited for that. And um, I'm going to the beach in a couple weeks, so I know you're going before me, but yeah. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go it. try. I'm gonna try try some surf fishing. Uh, so you know, I haven't really caught a fish in many years. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll try to test that. I'm I'm trying to get all the advice I can right now. I just want to catch a fish. I don't care what it is. I want to catch a fish. And so if I catch a little, you know, a, a little whiting or whatever, then I'll switch over. Maybe I'm gonna try to target some drum. But uh, yeah, just wish me luck. Yeah, you'll definitely need it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Jordan, we're going to go to New Hampshire this weekend. So New Hampshire for me, I, I loved going to New Hampshire. It's one of my favorite tracks to go to. Um, it used to really not like this track, but it really grew on me. I think the style is really unique. Um, it's it almost You'd almost imagine it like a big Martinsville, but it races just a little bit differently, a little its own character. Um, not another track like it on the schedule at all. So that makes it – that's always a big plus for me. Um so in the area up there, New Hampshire is just awesome. I think it's it's I think it's so cool. I've always been really into the colonial times and going up there. It just you think about you know you're close to Boston and everything. So big fan. Um, now what I think is interesting about this race, you compare it to some of the other tracks that are somewhat similar. You can kind of similar as far as setup. Um, you're talking about like your uh, your phoenixes, your gateway kind of has a similar setup, and uh, you know th- those races, Chase Briscoe won Phoenix and uh, Joey Logano won won Gateway. So the Fords have shown spe- has shown speed in these tracks with long straightaways. I don't know if that if that will be enough. At New Hampshire for the Fords, it seems like where they can kind of get that top end, like a gateway, you had a long straightaway at the very end of the at the, the straightaway, they could have that top end power that they have in their engine package seem to work very well. And where aerodynamics aren't quite as critical, I'd say. So I think that this is a Ford style track, if anything. And as much as I want to pick one of our guys, because Stuart Haas has had a lot of success here. Um, obviously Eric got his win there a couple years ago or like last year, last year. And, uh, you know, Harvick won there two years in a row in 18 and 19. Um, Stuart Haas has, has had a lot of success here, but I, I can't pick our guys. It's always bad juju when I pick our guys. So I'm going to stick with in the Ford camp, but I'm going to go with the guy who really should have a win by now. 
Um, he's been up in points all year long. Um, been the most consistent Ford driver, I'd say. I'm going to go with uh, Ryan Blaney. Mm, that's a good pick. Um, well, seeing how you uh, changed the point system on me, um, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking I'm getting all these max points. That. And I was like, oh, apparently he changed it last second. Um, but so I'm going to go a little bit different and I'm going to pick the person that I almost would never pick. And I'm going to go with the candy man, Kyle Bush. All right. Well, he's due for a good run. He is. Kyle has been, had not, even when he's run well lately, he's had a lot of bad luck and not had very many good finishes. So he might be due for a, a good finish. Um, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of iffy on on the Gibbs camp right now, just because you know Kyle has a win, Denny has two, but it's very surprising to me that we're this far into the year and they only have three wins. You yeah, know what I mean? No, I I agree with you, but I know they found a lot of speed at Richmond. Um, Kyle was second to Logano at Gateway, um, so really could have won that race. He he really could yeah. have. So I'm just. Just kind of thinking that Toyotas are going to, you know, be there. Plus, last year, I know it was a different car, but uh, obviously they went into turn one and apparently someone sprayed water on the track and they didn't come out of turn one. That is true. That took out like three of them right there, I'm pretty sure. Because I know it was leading and then then it took out Denny, too. I think, yeah, I think Denny was, was back there and he got some damage, too. So, yeah, I get you. And then and Christopher Bell is running Eric down there late. So, you know, to, yeah. to explain the point system now real quick. So the idea, original idea was how whatever points the driver you pick gets, that's what points you get. So it's including stage points. Well, for some reason, NASCAR.com doesn't include points. Google at does. All? Huh? Google does. That's fine. That's fine. But what I was going to have to do was go on and I was going to have to calculate, okay, this is what this driver gets for this in points. This is what they get for this stage because they finished here and add it up every week. So instead, what I'm doing is I'm going to – it's just Jordan picks, I pick, winner gets five points. Then you get bonuses. You'll get – if it's a – if your driver gets a top five, or sorry, if your driver gets a top 10, it's one point. If they get a top five, it's three points. If you get a win, it's five points. So if you win, you automatically get 10 points right there off the bat. And then if your driver wins a stage, that's another bonus point right there. Um, I, I feel like that was, would you know, th- that's a big enough deal. But so far, I think Jordan only has won one stage with, I think it was Kyle Larson at Kansas. And I have won zero stages all year long. <laughs> not not one so that hasn't been a big factor at all i was gonna add polls in there too but then i'm like you know most of the time we're picking on a friday sometimes they're qualifying by then so it's a, like at least you know that's just that's just one extra thing we won't even worry about but yeah it was gonna be too much of a pain in the butt to get get all those points calculated up especially this far into the year so i just changed the system i don't think it makes a big difference but that's what we're going with yeah, I don't know. I I look at Google every uh, every Monday morning to see who had the most amount of points and where I scored. That's why the 
the one episode I was like, uh, he might have beat me in position, but I beat him in points. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe what I'll do, maybe what I'll do is I'll have to calculate this up and see where we're at. Because right now I'm leading Jordan, like, I think it's like 72 to 58 or something. So Yeah, but on the different side of that, I have picked a variety of more drivers than you have. You were living in, you were living in the same same three drivers for a while. No, not as bad as you did. I think you picked Ricky Stenhouse like three weeks in a row, or three out of four weeks. I don't know about that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure you're thinking of yourself picking Denny Hamlin. <laughs> I think. I, I, well, I, I, I think I've definitely picked him like twice. I think it's like ten times, but, but who's counting? <laughs> So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this week. We're already in an hour, 43 minutes in. <clears throat> so, guys, uh, I forgot to put my ad in at the beginning. So, racerfitness.com, check us out. Working on getting subscriptions on. So, you can, it will be a subscription plan per month. You pay this amount, you get this many sessions per month and this plan. A um, lot of options coming out very soon. Uh, if you want to see me in person, Come see me at the Davy Family YMCA. We have a new uh, boot camp starting up next month for an obstacle course race. Um, come see me in class. I teach body pump on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Was given the go-ahead to do the moves again, just not loaded. So I'm using PVC pipe for squats. So come check me out. Send me a message. Let me know what we can do for you. All right, guys. Take her easy. All right. We'll catch you later. Later, guys.